Hello, I'm your host, John Cavendish, and welcome to the Amazon Strategist Show. The show is all strategy with no hacks, no silver bullets, and no magic pills. Just real practical strategies for your Amazon business. So today, I'm very lucky to be joined by Rohit Nair, who is a serial entrepreneur with multiple exits in the health and wellness space, e-commerce space, and consumer technology products. He's passionate about insurance for e-commerce businesses, uh, insurance distribution through client digital channels, financial management, customer acquisition, legal and regulatory environments, and high growth ventures. Uh, one of the most impressive LinkedIn profiles I've seen in a long time. So without further ado, let me welcome Rohit. Thanks for having me, John. It's a real pleasure to be here. Thanks for being here. And uh, really nice to talk to someone who's based in the UK. Usually I'm talking to Americans in a weird time zone compared to where I am. Well, uh, the UK move was sort of uh, 2016, 2017. Uh, and prior to that, you know, the US, India, uh, I've been a, I've been around. <laughs> so this is slightly off topic. Let's go two minutes in this. Like, what made you move to the UK? So uh, mostly it was, you know, we're running Amazon businesses. And at the time we were looking to move to, let's call it a G20 country that had access to uh, Seller Central because, you know, in India you can't do it. In other countries, it was difficult at the time. Uh, and yeah. so we made a decision to move to the UK because the tax rate was favorable. And so I was traveling around the UK trying to find a, a city to be based in and landed in Bristol, loved the place, met my wife on the first night wow. I was here. And uh, yeah, that, the rest is history. Oh, that's amazing. First night in the city. She got you locked down. First night in the city and she got she got the business to Bristol. And so I think, you know, the city of Bristol should be giving her some kind of you know, compensation for bringing jobs into the city, I guess. <laughs> do you have many? Do you have any team members in Bristol? Uh, well, I've sold a few businesses. So while we were sort of at our peak, we had about twelve people in Bristol. Oh, that's cool. And I sold that to a private equity firm. Oh, amazing. So you were you were doing e-commerce. Um, you sold a tech startup. Like why why did you decide to move into insurance after that? So um, while I was doing e-commerce, um, there was a, a brand that we were running uh, eighty ninety percent on Amazon. And uh, Amazon makes it mandatory to have insurance. And so uh, I went around trying to buy insurance. Uh, really, really painful because every single insurer we spoke to asked us to project our sales for the next 12 months. Uh, okay. Now, with you know, out-of-stock situations, suspensions, delistings, you don't really know what to project. And so you just come up with a number. And yeah. uh, you know, when you come up with a number, insurance is priced based on that, um, which is you know, 100% of the time incorrect, right? Um, there's just no way that you can know what the future holds and uh, and you're always sort of overpaying for insurance or you're underinsured. You know, if you say you're going to do 5 million in sales and you end up doing four, you overpaid for insurance. And if you say right. that you're going to do five and you end up doing six and you've had a great prime day or whatever it is, and um, the last 1 million is uninsured. And so this whole sort of, uh, this confusion around what to write on a form. By the way, writing forms, insurance forms, pain in the ass. So, um, so anyway, I came up with a number, um, and that year we were projected to do sort of thirty million in sales um, on Amazon. And so I said thirty million, told the insurer, uh, and they gave me a quote of about seventy-five thousand pounds, which is about a hundred thousand uh, dollars, payable upfront annually in advance. You can't pay. You know, monthly, yeah. or you get premium financing, and the way interest rates are now, it's probably between eleven and twenty-five percent on top um, for premium financing. Anyway, 
um, so we had a, a, a suspension event happen on Amazon. Revenues considerably dropped. By the time we got back up, it took a while. And so um, I went back to the insurer and I said, you know, hey, I, I didn't do 30 million. Um, can I get a refund? And the insurer says, well, it's not my problem. It's, it's not my fault you didn't hit your targets. And that really, really upset me because they weren't willing to give us a, a refund in a year that we were struggling for cash flow because of suspension. Um, yeah. And uh, I I actually just said, do you know what? I'm going to do this better than you can. And that's why I launched a shortfall um, because there's a mandatory product. Amazon requires it. Walmart requires it. This is walmart.com. And, uh, you know, it's just not fair. Uh, the way the insurance industry works is just not fair. And so I wanted to build something that I would buy as a seller uh, yeah. and that completely dedicated and focused on e-commerce, right? And so that's why I launched a shortfall and built a shortfall. I love it. And yeah, I mean, I would identify with that as well. You know, I was a seller for many years and getting insurance for me was such a pain like trying to get the right kind of insurance, the type of products insurance I wanted, the markets I wanted to sell in, they wouldn't let me sell in the US. It was it was so painful. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, uh, US insurers, all of them don't like private label products, don't like products imported, uh, definitely don't like products made in China. And, um, you know, all of these are products that you, you know, the vast majority of FBA is products imported or, or something, uh, you know, private label. And so uh, what they tend to do is they just say, you know, no. And when you get several rejections, uh, you're typically going through a broker or filling out forms online, and it is just a painful, painful process. All the while, Amazon is sending emails saying, you've crossed a $10,000 threshold, you must have insurance, we'll suspend you, we'll delist you. It's just really, you know, panic-inducing, for the lack of a better yeah. word, because, you know, for the vast majority of sellers, this is their primary source of income at Amazon. And Amazon just has so much power over you. Um, and so that fear is what we wanted to mitigate. And so right. what we did at a shortfall is we'll cover private label products right out of the box. We'll cover imported products. We'll cover products made in China. European insurers don't like any sales in the US. And that's the yeah. way in the rest of the world as well. Uh, but we will cover products made, um, you know, being sold in the U.S. as well. So our objective is to cover sort of 90 to 95 percent of all products sold on Amazon in comparison to other large insurers who are doing sort of um, 20, 25 percent. You know, they just yeah. don't like it uh, because product liability is one of those things where loss ratios and you know, I'm getting into a bit of insurance jargon here, but loss ratios are just so high. Um, especially when you're selling in the U.S. So how do you build a product that is uh, has lower loss ratios while at the same time uh, being uh, price like cost-effective for the third-party seller? Because yeah. nobody wants to be over like paying for insurance. It's just one of those things that I'd rather focus on my business than be you know battling insurance companies uh, for discounts and stuff. And so. With a shortfall, what we built is uh, we built a product that is fully compliant with Amazon. You know, they have quirky conditions in terms right. of what the deductible needs to be, what the limits need to be. We're fully compliant with Walmart as well. Uh, but we're monthly billed based on the last 30 days of your actual sales, right? And so 
uh, unlike other insurers where you know, they're asking you to project and coming up with these stupid random numbers, we're basing it on actual numbers. And so yeah. with that, how do you get cost efficiencies, right? Um, so the vast majority of, well, everybody in the insurance industry looks at consumer products into one of sort of 50 or 60 SIC codes in Europe or NAIC codes in the US. And so what we said is, you know, just say, for example, you're selling, um, you know, steering wheel uh, covers, right, on your yep. car. Uh, that, for all other insurers, would sit in automotive accessories as one product, right? Yeah. Within automotive accessories, you could get spark plugs, you could get uh, batteries, you could get uh, hubcaps, there's all kinds of things. And so they cumulatively look at the rate, at the loss, the risk, and they assign a risk rating to uh, your steering wheel covers, right? Which is insane. Uh, and But that's just how it's been done for the last 400 years. And so uh, what we do is that we go into absolute detail, right? And so right. Uh, we're tracking sort of 32,000 product categories in real time. Um, and we're analyzing risk on the basis of 32,000 product categories and not just, you know, 20 or 100 uh, SIG yeah. codes. So huge differences. And that's where we're able to sort of bring down the cost of insurance. For example, you know, our minimum premium is $26 a month. Right, uh, compared to, you know, a large U.S. insurer who is charging six hundred dollars a year minimum. This is if yeah. you're selling, you know, hundred dollars worth of books a month. Uh, you know, super low risk. You're still paying six hundred dollars a year in insurance, uh, and we just, you know, decided let's just make this fair and bring down the cost of insurance for third-party sellers on Amazon, Walmart, uh, and um, you know, marketplace sellers. Even if you're selling wholesale channels. Other retail yeah. channels, we cover 100% of the sales. Interesting. That's super interesting. So, yeah, for example, on risk, if you're, if you're tracking 32,000 products, how would you, how do you assess the risk on like a steering wheel cover? And what, what are they kind of playing in the background, tracking keywords, like if people slipping over and strangling themselves with it? Pretty much. So what we do is we track prior claims, right? So yeah. for the entire industry, for every single product. Um, we've built sort of natural language processing algorithms to uh, rate and price insurance in real time by looking at the risk of certain products, right? So uh, take, for example, you know, uh, headphones, right? So uh. wireless headphones are one of those things where there's lithium-ion batteries in them. They can overheat, and therefore there is a risk of, um, you know, bodily injury, Right. Um, and it's not just bodily injury, but then you also have the issues around, uh, you know, the case essentially overheating. And when the case overheats, uh, it might burn a desk or something like that. So we look at all of these factors um, and we're, specific, we're not just lumping it into electronics as a category, which also includes lithium ion, you know, like these sort of power bank things. Um, but we're doing it on the basis of headphones. How many headphones claims have come in? Wireless headphones right. claims. And it's not just wireless headphones, but uh, what kind of batteries are in them. And so with the sort of analysis that we're doing, and we're doing tons of sort of artificially artificial intelligence-based um, calculation of risk, we're able to do all of this sort of in the background while the customer is, or the uh, Amazon seller is just filling out a form 
all of this cool stuff is happening in the background to analyze a specific product, where it's made, what materials are used, um, you know, what the uh, what the star ratings are on Amazon. You know, I mean, there's yeah. all kinds of things that we look at. Uh, about 400 different sort of line items that we look at to analyze risk all in real time, all in the background. Oh, that's amazing. That's super, super cool. So what level of cover does Amazon need you to have? And also, I suppose from that, like, is that enough cover or should there be something that you should take as well as what Amazon needs you to have? Sure. So one thing that we do is that we don't, unlike every other insurer where they try and add on limits to make more money, uh, we don't yeah. do that. So we just say, what, where are you selling? Are you selling on Amazon? Amazon needs you to have a million dollars per occurrence and a million dollars in the aggregate, right? That's Amazon's requirement. Walmart requires one million per occurrence and two million in the aggregate. So if you're selling yeah. on Amazon and Walmart, then you need two million dollars, right? Now, uh, we come across uh, customers all the time who uh, have, you know, they're selling a benign product. Um, I can't name specifics, but assume something that cannot hurt anybody, not even a fly. Um, and the insurance insurers have given them 7 million in limits, which essentially sort of doubles or triples their rate of insurance right. because the insurers are very happy to put out larger limits to uh, third-party sellers who have no prior claims and are extremely unlikely to have a claim in the future because they get a ton of money and all of that just sits in, um, you know, as on the balance sheet is profit almost. So um, we don't do that. We just say, do you need a million dollars? Do you need $2 million based on where you're selling? However, if you are selling a higher risk product, uh, then you might want to get, you know, three, four or five million in, in uh, mm. the aggregate. And we're, uh, you know, natively we're able to do that. So on our product, you can use a slider scale and say, I want a million. And we say, you know, Amazon wants a million, Walmart wants two, but you can choose three, four, or five as well on a slider scale. So yeah, we've got that um, available. Most people would just want what the the marketplace requires, right? Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I guess, I mean, this I don't know if you can share this information. I'm just super interested. Like what percentage of your clients ever make a claim? So um, about 40% will make a claim at some point, right? Wow, 40%. Yeah, so wow. we work towards sort of a 40 to 60% loss ratio. Uh, and so we're okay with it because the vast majority of the claims, so we settle claims almost instantaneously. Um, okay. The vast majority of claims are, you know, people who are uh, like property damage, right? And so if you, again, you know, with the case of the Amazon, uh, sorry, with the wireless headphone thing and it overheats and burns your desk, uh, the end customer wants a replacement, at, you know, at the very least. Uh, and so we will kind of settle those claims immediately. To add to that, Amazon has something called the A to Z guarantee. And Amazon will settle the claims as long as you have uh, compliant liability insurance up to $1,000, right? Amazon will pay. And this is typically right. property damage up to $1,000. Amazon will pay it. So you don't even okay. have to come to us. Amazon informs us about it uh, or and the third-party seller, but uh, we don't necessarily have to make a payment on up to $1,000. So that's a good thing from Amazon, you know, what they've done. Yeah. Does that mean they're covering it from their, from their policy? 
and they're telling you about it. They are, yes. Yeah, they are. That's the H Z guarantee. Wow. I didn't know that, but I, yeah, I really didn't know it was that high. Like, I I mean, I didn't know property damage was that high from a product. So 40% of policies have claims. Like, I, I guess why they make everyone have insurance. I don't know anyone that's ever been claimed against. That's the thing, right? So a lot of people, you know, when you sell a product online, you don't really expect the end customers and the person who bought it on Amazon to um, have an issue. Take, for instance, you know, there's a case we were looking at recently where um, somebody is selling a product, which is sort of a skincare product on Amazon. And um, their customers, the end customer, burnt themselves on um, you know, an electric radiator, right? Uh, and so then they applied the skincare product to soothe the burn. It's not the intended use of the product, but uh, they, you know, they had a reaction to it and they were claiming a million dollars for it, right? So against the skincare brand. Wow, that's the US. Yes. In the US, you know, it's a high liability environment. Yeah. Right. And so with with that and you know, with these sorts of things, claims come up, um, which may not necessarily be factual or accurate, but uh it's very cheap to put in a, a claim. There's when you drive around Vegas or any major city in America, you'll just see in you know, a sort of injured contact so and so um, attorneys will will sort it out for you. That's because it costs them nothing. It's a no win, no fee scenario. Uh, yeah. The attorney takes forty percent of the settlement, and and it just comes to the insurer to pay. So uh, it it happens all the time. It's not necessarily because it's the fault of the product or uh, the fault of the yeah. seller. But uh, Amazon requires it to protect themselves, right? Because their name yeah. is an additional insured on every single policy that we put out. And so um, when the lawsuit comes through, uh, they will invariably name Amazon on it because where did you buy the product? I bought it on Amazon. Let's name Amazon because yeah. they're the big company, you know, not John's uh, skincare products, right? And so uh, that's, that's why Amazon requires it and that's why they make it mandatory. That's really interesting. I didn't know the claims were so high. So um, if people don't buy from, from yourself and buy from somewhere else, is there any danger of getting a policy that doesn't comply with what Amazon wants you to have? Yes. Uh, well, I'm not saying that we're the only ones in the market. Obviously, there are yeah. other people out there. But um, the insurer, well, Amazon has specific requirements on their certificates of insurance. They want a one-pager they want to be notified in the event of cancellation, modification, non-renewal. Uh, they want to be, um, the the limit has to be capped out at 10,000, well, deductible has to be capped at $10,000, um, regardless of the size of seller, right? So you might be selling $100 million on Amazon, or you might be, you know- $10,000, and they still have a $10,000 excess rather than like 50 grand. $10,000, exactly. Typically, it's fifty thousand dollars. The minute that you cross sort of ten million in sales, uh, the insurers, um, you know, will put out a fifty thousand dollar deductible. But um, Amazon requires it to be ten thousand dollars, right? The certificate has to be in a certain format. Um, right. It has to name, you know, certain. There's certain things that need to be on there, which is why compliance with Amazon. I mean, we've had a seller come to us recently who uh, bought a policy, sent it to Amazon. Um, and Amazon, you know, a month later came back and said, you know, this is non-compliant. Uh, you need to, uh, give us another certificate of insurance and buy another insurance policy. And at this point, 
because you're paying annually in advance, there is, uh, when you want to cancel your insurance with someone else, because you need to go and buy somewhere else, there's something called earned premium. So the insurer takes right. away a huge chunk of the premium that you've already paid and calls it earned and gives you a tiny refund back. And so, um, but Amazon, you know, if you were to do it in the first 14 days, it wouldn't be that much of a problem. 14 days, uh. 30 days, they'll take sort of seven to 10% of your premium right off the top. But because Amazon takes uh, a while to come back to you and say that, you know, this is wrong, by then yeah. a chunk of it is already earned premium. Um, and so it is painful for sellers, right? Uh, to have to go and buy insurance again. Now, I want to caveat by saying we're not the only ones who are compliant with Amazon. Uh, there are other people who are compliant with Amazon and you know you should go and get the best possible quote. And the reason I say that is because we're so confident of our pricing, you know. Uh, we're sort of up to 75% more cost effective than than any other insurer in the US, right? Similar A-rated insurers. Now, um, I also want to say that uh, we have sort of A-rated capacity, which is backed 100% by Lloyds of London. 330-year-old, um, you know, behemoth. And um, when everyone was refusing to pay for San Francisco fires in the, what was it, the 1700s or 1800s, Lloyd's paid. Lloyd's always pays. Nice. Uh, and so everyone knows Lloyd's of London and, you know, we're a cover holder at Lloyd's. Um, and so, yeah, we're, we're, we're very proud of that and what we've achieved. I love it. Super cool. And um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's clearly needed what you're providing um, and required. So both needed and required makes for an amazing business. Just need to market it. Absolutely. I mean, sellers need to know that we exist, that we're not trying to build something that is super um, cash grabby, profitable like other insurers, right? We're yeah. very, very focused on trying to make sure that we're able to support third party sellers in, in building their business and protecting them in the event something goes wrong. And yes, it is important that Amazon and Walmart and other marketplaces make insurance our product, like commercial gender liability, product liability, insurance mandatory. Yeah. So with Amazon's current process, because, you know, personally, you know, we serve a lot of clients, but we help them usually after this stage. Uh, when does Amazon require the certificate and what kind of time frame do they give you to get to submit that? Sure. So the minute that you cross $10,000 in sales in one month, you must provide a certificate of insurance to Amazon. They give you up to 30 days to go and get a quote. They will refer you to their insurance accelerator uh, where, you know, there's a couple of comparison websites on there. Um, and so what you need is you have 30 days, right, to provide yeah. uh, a valid certificate of insurance that is uh, compliant with Amazon. However, Amazon keeps dropping the threshold amount, right? So when yeah. they started off, it was trailing 12 months, a million dollars in sales. Then they dropped it to uh, trailing 12 months, 100K in sales, which is where Walmart is today, right? And then they said, uh, you need $5,000 of sales for three consecutive months. Now they've made okay. it $10,000 in one month. When they yeah. say $10,000 in one month, that could be sort of Black Friday, Prime Day, um, any kind of spike in sales, at that yeah. point on, you must have insurance. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's that's the kind of thresholds that exist today. Uh, we are aware that Amazon is looking to drop that again, and that might be coming soon. Yeah, 
good for business. And as long as you can generate these as these certificates, I mean, if someone's starting out and it's $26 a month, that's not a crazy barrier to entry as well. You're helping people be able to still start their business without buying 600 bucks worth of insurance up front. Absolutely. Or getting premium financing and being it monthly, which could add yeah. on up to 25% on top of 600 The $600 is the lowest that we've seen for a comparable yeah. A-rated insurer. Uh, we've seen numbers as high as sort of 1500 1600 When you're making it a, a business of 100K a year, of 75K a year, this, it's just painful to pay that much. Yeah, especially for startups who just want to give it a you know, like, give it a go, you know? Like, it's another barrier to people's mindset of, like, even if they do the payment plan with 25% interest, they're still on the hook. You know, they still have to pay the money. It's just paying it monthly. Absolutely. You still have to pay to the premium financing company. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure they'll chase you until the end of time. Pretty much, or ruin your credit. So, yeah. yeah. But what we do is we're natively monthly billed, right? And so, yeah. if you cancel, you can cancel at any time. We only price it based on, like I said, your last 30 days of actual sales. So um, you know you have a spike month, it goes up a bit, your revenue drops, suspension, delisting, uh, the container ship is stuck in the Suez Canal, there's a queue at the port of Long Beach and you can't get inventory into FBA. Uh, you know, it just drops down to $26 or thereabouts based on the product you sell. Love it. Thank you. Is there anything else I should be asking you about insurance? Well, um, with regard to product liability insurance, I think you've covered off the key points. Uh, but insurance is just one of those things. I mean, it's a massive industry. And and because I came from the outside, I, you know, as an e-commerce guy, five brands sold all of them to uh, private equity and aggregators and uh, other Amazon sellers. And so uh, for me, it was a huge learning curve, right, in terms of yeah. figuring out insurance in the insurance industry. And so now I feel sort of like an expert, but I've got a great team, you know, behind me um, who have been, you know, 50 years, 40 years in the insurance industry. Uh, and so if you have any questions about insurance, get in touch, you know, I'll be happy oh. to answer. Well, at the end, we'll leave your, we'll go contact details. One who else can reach out. I love learning about new things and I feel like super interesting, you know, one of the oldest businesses out there, isn't it? What's it? Warren Buffett, they have. He has one of those specialist insurance companies, doesn't he? They insure stuff that nobody else in the world will insure through their own data. Well, Lloyd's does insurance that nobody else will insure, right? I mean, yeah. JLo's butt was one of the examples, right? Or, and so that was insured there. Was that a marketing stunt there or was that? <laughs> no, well, that was a legitimate thing. I mean, uh, I think it was athletes, you know, they insure their knees at, yeah. uh, at Lloyd's, etc. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway is predominantly... Uh, an insurance company, right? And so yeah. uh, all the revenues that come in, that's uh, from insurance is what he uses to make acquisitions and uh, be the, the is he the wizard of Omaha or? Uh, Oracle. The Oracle of Omaha. That's right. Yeah. He's the Oracle. And that's because of Berkshire Hathaway, which is a insurance company predominantly. Um, yeah. And they own Geico, which is a very famous brand in America. Right. So, uh, as of now, um, and I'm not sure when this is airing, but um, Assurefull is national in the US. And so right. it's a highly regulated industry and we're regulated state by state. And so we can cover all, uh, and this is at um, in April of 2023. Uh, very soon we'll be in the UK as well and um, following that Europe and Hong Kong. So um, that's our sort of plan as of now of sellers who are headquartered in the US or say that they're headquartered in the US, uh, Ashrafal can cover them. 
nationally in the US. Okay, it's perfect. Yes, that's actually a very good point. So US for now, then the UK, then Europe and Hong Kong. That's right. Nice. Awesome. And also Canada and Australia, New Zealand may follow soon, but uh, yes. this is the key uh, targets that we have as of now. I agree. I think that probably covers 90-something plus percent of sellers that I know. You know, Hong Kong is a good base, Europe's a good base, and so is the US. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw an interview with Warren Buffett a few days ago when he was talking about, um, about yeah, about him living in Omaha. And he's like, yeah, I mean, my uh, my neighborhood's in, you know, upper, mid- upper middle class neighborhood with a decent average income. I mean, I live there, so the that brings up the average income a little bit. <laughs> <That> was... <laughs> yes. Probably by at least at least ten thousand dollars at the very least yeah. per household. Per household, yeah, probably more. Probably uh, more. Funny though, only as him and Charlie Munger can say is like, um, what's it? You know, there's no, I'll tell you about it later. There's some really interesting stuff that, like, when they interview, like only multi-billionaires can make certain statements, can they? Absolutely. And Amazon sellers are. I mean, it's it's one of those markets where you can actually do anything. You know, so. You yep. can you can build a massive massive business if you're compliant and stay within their framework, um, yep. because they will suspend you and they will delist you, and then that's the business gone. Oh, for sure, and with and with relatively small teams, almost like SaaS level teams. I mean, I've got friends who sold businesses for eight figures with a team of six, or doing you know thirty million Absolutely. with a team of fifty, which is amazing. Yeah, right? we sold uh, so one of my brands that I sold to a private equity firm. Um, we had a team of uh, 14 in there, um, mostly contractors, right? Um, and that was doing about 30 million in sales on Amazon. That's amazing, isn't it? I mean, because you don't yeah. need all of these other parts, you know, no, all these other course. parts which are out. Yeah. And a and 25% net margin, right? I mean, you can really build a super profitable business if you do it right. Yeah, I love it. Super cool. I mean, yeah, it's an amazing opportunity still for people. to. I still see people getting in still having a good product, still making money. You just need a bit more to get going and make sure that you're really solid on your products and your idea. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those ecosystems where if you if you figure out the formula and do it right, right. Um, it's it's sort of just, you know, it's a cash cow, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Makes me want to go back and start the Amazon business. I All know, right? right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So, next we have the game show part of our show. So, we always want to give back to our listeners and watchers. So, if you are watching, listening to this, whatever platform, there will be a link either below here or in the show description where you can enter for this competition. And if you enter, you will be entered every month, every week, sorry, even every week for every week's episode and a chance to win everything going forward. So, Rowit has very kindly put forward our first ever physical prize. It's always been not emotional. That sounds a bit too much, doesn't it? It's always been digital in the past, whether it's cash money or whether it's time with founders. Rowett has put forward a MacBook Air. So thank you, Rowett. It's going to be very, very cool watching someone win that. So we also have um, a 30-minute consultation with Don from Accrue Me. We have um, one month of Mastermind membership with Amazing FBA. We have a call with Bryant Burt of Canopy Management. We have $500 worth of bookkeeping credits with Econ Balance. We have all sorts of amazing prizes on the wheel, which will be coming up in a minute. So, producer, if you want to bring up the wheel, there's the wheel. All right. So, well, it. you have control. You have to say, spin that wheel, and it will magically spin, and music will be post-edited. Post spin that wheel. 
and we have a frame rate problem with the wheel. <laughs> Eva, so 10 month, 10% off first month service with Eva. That's amazing. So we'll connect you with Rob Runyon from Eva. And do you want to do another spin, Rowit? Sure. Spin that wheel. A little bit faster. What is it? What is it? Online seller solution. So a free account audit from Vanessa Hung. So uh, yeah, we'll be introducing to Vanessa. She's a lovely person, one of my favorite people. And do you want to do one more? Sure, go for it. Spin that wheel. Seller Snap. Okay. So Seller Snap has an amazing repricer, one month of free uh, repricing. Uh, I would probably combine that with checking out Chris Grant's online arbitrage OA challenge, which is also on the wheel. Um, if you're looking to get into any kind of uh, online arbitrage, you know, side, side hustle, side money, to be honest. If you're selling on Amazon and you've got free time, OA can be a good way of adding some revenue. It's not going to, probably not going to make you the uh, 30 million, but it's can potentially, uh, yeah, add some nice money to your pocket. Okay, so Rowit, thank you so much. You are an amazing assistant stroke master, games master then. So we always ask one question to all of our guests, which is what is one strategic element that you think people are missing while selling on Amazon? Um, I think there's a lot of focus on how to grow the business, um, but very little focus on how to stay compliant. Um, you know, the minute that you get suspended or delisted, growing the business goes out the window. And I'm speaking from personal experience. Um, compliance. Compliance with Amazon's ever-changing uh, terms and conditions. Compliance with all the marketplaces that you're on is super, super, super important. So I think that's one thing, one strategy that has to com come natively to people. And again, I, I'm speaking from personal experience here. The heartache and the pain uh, and the sleepless nights for lack of compliance or a suspension or a delisting, it's just, it's it's something you don't want to experience. And if you have experienced it, you know um, compliance yeah. at the top of everyone's mind. It should be at the top of everyone's minds. No one's ever said that before. So thank you for sharing. And also, I totally agree. I, I've... At least two of my friends who have eight-figure Amazon businesses both have a compliance person on their team just ensuring compliance. Absolutely. So, so, so important. And buy insurance. Yes. <laughs> and buy insurance. Insert a shortfall underneath yes. in, in the bottom. Post-processing. Yep. Post-production. Um, okay, thank you so much. So now we have our last section, which is the rapid-fire questions. These are very complicated. Uh, not very complicated. Uh, just just quick answer questions, and um, we'll do some nice editing afterwards. So, are you ready? This is your life. Go for it. All right, question number one. What is your favorite Amazon niche? Uh, supplements. Uh, if you could choose no pictures or no reviews, which would you pick? No reviews. Name a country that starts with the letter R. Rwanda. Which Amazon marketplace is the next big opportunity? UK. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? No. God, no. What an atrocity. 
maybe something appealing about working from home. Being able to spend time with my wife, you know, in the middle yeah. of the day. And I mean the quality I time, not time time. But yes, quality time. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds amazing. Um, name something you'd hate to find swimming around in your bathtub. A snake. I'm deathly so. terrified of snakes. The second snake of the day. So <laughs> thank you, Rohit. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So yeah. that's amazing. So yeah, thank you for all the information. It's been super, super interesting for me. I know it's going to be super interesting for our listeners because, you know, it's great to learn about a new subject. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And um, contact, how can people stay in touch, uh, reach out and learn more? Sure. So um, you, know, you can go to assureful.com. That's A-S-S-U-R-E-F-U-L.com. Uh, you know, get a quote, try and understand what your liability is with your products. Uh, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm Rohit Nair on LinkedIn or RN9, if that makes any sense, the number nine. Um, and so, yeah, just uh, love to hear from everyone and support whoever needs the support. Yeah. Thank you so much. And yeah, and you're adding massive value to the industry. So thank you for being here and thank you for sharing. And that brings us to the end of our episode as well. So thank you, Rohit, for joining us. And I'd like to thank everyone that's watched or listened to tonight's episode. And as always, thank you for listening to the Amazon Strategist Show. If you enjoy the show, please review us on whatever platform you're watching us on. Give us the little thumbs up on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and come back next week for another discussion with our next guest. So thank you for being here.